You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Becca Hint. It's really Hintergard, but we're going to call it Becca Hint for short. And uh, Becca is a real estate investor, and she's a former medical device rep who left the healthcare industry and moved her family to a blue zone. So we want to understand what the hell a blue zone is. And, uh, you know, a different different country, different continent um, than the United States. And we definitely want to hear that story. And she's been investing both actively and passively in not only multifamily real estate, but other um, asset classes such as motels, hotels, hotel to multifamily conversions. So we want to hear about some of those deals that she's been working on. And yeah, she comes from the the Bay Area in California. So really excited to hear her story. And thank you for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm delighted to be on your show. Um, thanks so much. And I come to you live from the tropics. No need for a virtual background here, folks. If you're not seeing Anthony on YouTube, you should. Hopefully some uh, macaws will fly by while we're on this call. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks for the lovely introduction. My name's Becca Hintergart, but who can pronounce that name? So we just go by Hint at this point in our family. And um, in August, uh, my husband and I, who are medical device reps in the San Francisco Bay Area, we decided to just leave it all behind in the Bay Area. We picked up our, our two kids, um, fifth and sixth grade, and decided to move to a boutique surf and yoga hub in the tropics on the Pacific side of Costa Rica. And this is a, a blue zone of the world that concentrates on healthy living. Are you familiar with blue zones, Anthony? I am not. I'm sure my listeners would love to hear about it. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Yeah. So there's plenty of books on this, websites, movies, and a blue zone is essentially, there's six of them in the world. It's essentially a place where people live to a very old age. There's the highest concentration of centenarians in blue zones. They live to a healthy age due to the health and wellness lifestyle that they lead. And it often comes down to the food, uh, family, and several different variables. When you look at blue zones, you'll see. And often the biome. So this is a very healthy biome of the world. And um, yes, so it's, um, it's surfing and yoga. Uh, we surf several times a week. My husband and I in our earlys to mid 50s, keeping up with our fifth and sixth grader, we're a little bit of the geriatric surfers out there, but we're making it happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> keeping up with our kids. And um, we, we are here on passive income from real estate, from multifamily real estate investing. Awesome. I love to hear that. So you're from the Bay Area. How did you get started in real estate? I know, you know, you, you bought an asset in Kansas City. Oh, it's been a journey. I've been in real estate for about 18 years. And um, I started house hacking a duplex in San Francisco when, uh, um, you know, when I was single, kind of in my early 30s. And I, um, I lived upstairs, renovated downstairs, and then flip-flopped. And it's an old Victorian building. You, I lifted it up and put a garage underneath to charge another $500 in rent and blew out the backside and did a condo conversion and massive project 
completely active. Glad I did it then. I would never do it again in that way. <laughs> yeah. you know, many people start there, right? And then, um, you know, I also had a building in Kansas City, a 12 unit that, that was kind of my training ground. Lots of lessons learned on that one. Um, I'm a passive investor in 450 units spread across different properties. And I continue to be a passive investor. And I'm probably about 60% passive, 40% active. I'm moving a large amount of money into lots of passive deals this year on the bonus depreciation and accelerated depreciation side. Um, but our, our latest really fun project is our hotel conversion. And that's, that's what's pending now and kind of tying up uh, the project on that one. That's, that's awesome. So that one you mentioned is in Arizona? Yes, yes. It's in Sierra, Sierra Vista, Arizona, which is a tertiary market of Arizona. We bought this deal at the beginning of the pandemic, um, which then it was the hotel apocalypse. You know, um, all these small hotels, smaller brands like Quality Inn, Days Inn, they were really struggling. Many of these are mom and pop owned. So this area was hemorrhaging anyway before the pandemic because Airbnb has just given them a run for their money. So the, when co the COVID pandemic came along, it just tanked them. And as a result, we got this deal 30 cents on the dollar. So 70% off and it's a hundred unit uh, quality in, in Arizona that we're taking down to 65 units of multifamily housing. Interesting. And so by removing units, like how are you doing the conversion in terms of your restructuring plan with the hotel rooms? Yeah, well, we initially looked at this as, yay, we have, you know, 100 studios. Um, but, <laughs> you know, tertiary markets really couldn't, this market couldn't absorb 100 studios. So we got a property manager involved very early on. And we found the sweet spot was about 65. So we have um, six, uh, 31 one bedrooms, 31 studios, and um, a couple two bedrooms because they were suites before. And um, the hotel conversion space is really, really fun if you like deep value ads because you can see these buildings really change shape. And there's a tremendous uh, amount of money in them since you can get them so inexpensively. But there are landmines. So that's something to know. And I, I talk about a lot. That's, um, and I'd be happy to go over those if your audience is interested. But there's certain, certain things you really want to be careful of in the hotel conversion world. Sure. So, so in terms of that project, how are you able to manage that project from Costa Rica? Do you have a team that's set up? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a deep value add. So we're, we're co-GPs on this deal and our lead sponsor is their boots on the ground. These are heavy lift operators that have been doing this for 20 years. They're, they live in Arizona. They're deep value add guys. So they're, they're the perfect ones for this. Additionally, this deal was so, so lucky in, in many ways. Five minutes away, we have a comparable property of another investor, syndicator friend, uh, that did the exact same thing. So we, we have their approve and exit in what they have done. We use the property manager company that they use as they have a, a general contracting arm. And we, we brought in efficiencies with our electrical people, our pool people, and a few others, but we essentially just cut and paste what they did. 
Right. Yeah. It's it's not better to reinvent the wheel and just kind of copy and you know use someone's success to create your own. Um, that's right. that's, that's awesome. So um, now are you guys almost done repositioning that project or where are you in the process? Obviously with supply chain issues and construction costs, you know, being high, it came down, you know, at least lumber came down and some other facets of that uh, recently. So how are you, I guess, how is your lead managing all of that? When do you guys expect to be done? What's, I guess, what's the difference between a conversion play, like in terms of time frame, the stabilization versus traditional value add multifamily? Is it yeah. three years versus maybe two in value add multi? What? Well, know. it would be comparable to a deep value add in a multifamily. Um, probably the big difference there is you have a completely vacant building. So your investors do need to know that this is, this is a play that doesn't really start paying off till about two years, two and a half years down the road or so. Um and in respect to the questions of supply chain, we've been very lucky with that. Um, we, we were very nervous at the beginning. So we checked and double checked that we had our cabinets available and we've just taken a couple hotel units and bought everything we need and, and put it in there. So we're kind of hoarding supplies. We struggled a little bit with labor, um, not as much as many have struggled with, but uh, a little bit there. The bigger thing, and these hotels are dealing with the city, is that you don't, you, <laughs> for example, they um, we're doing this in phases. So we have phase one that we have floors and paint going in now. And we did fire sprinklers all throughout. And the city came in and said, okay, well, um, you know, to open phase one, we want you to have all your fire sprinklers installed in phase two. And we said, well, we're not opening phase two. We're asking for an occupancy permit for phase one. And they said, well, we know, but we want you to do it in phase two also. So <laughs> we're like, wish you would have told us that, you know, a year ago, but it's okay. We just, it's just a little catch up game. Um, but yeah, you know, hotels, the thing to think about there is dealing with the city can be tricky. And with hotels, unlike in deep value add multifamily is the zoning. So you have to get zoning for um, to convert it to a multifamily away from a hotel commercial. Ours, we were fortunate. It was just an over-the-counter change of use permit. But um, in other markets, well, like Phoenix, we have another investor friend in Phoenix who's doing a hotel. And the city said, we'll, we'll give you the change of use permit or, or rezoning rather for Phoenix. And, uh, but it'll cost you half a million dollars. We want you to redo the road and put in two fire hydrants. So sure. it's, it's approval with strings attached when you deal with the city. Uh, absolutely. And like you said, it's good to have boots on the ground there that have the architects and the town planners and um, the attorneys, everybody on the ground to get, you know, things moving across the finish line with planning boards, zoning officials. So that makes sense. Um, and so, okay, so yeah, so it makes sense. It's going to take a little bit, take a lot longer. Um, and so what was the, switching back to what we talked about in the beginning, what was kind of the, the catalyst um, to, for you and your husband to leave your full-time position and, you know, move to Costa Rica from the Bay Area? And when, it, what, what, when did you do that? Was that 2020? Yeah, it was, it was August uh, 20, uh, tw yeah. 2021. 2021. <laughs> okay. 
getting jumble um, brain here. Yeah, August 2021. And oh, the catalyst. I mean, there's so many reasons. It's, you know, at that point, it was why wouldn't you? But um, we were very disappointed with the, uh, the Zoom schooling of the public schools. We're from Marin, which is right over the Golden Gate in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. North Bay. And we were disappointed with the Zoom schooling from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of joke, I think the straw that broke the camel's back for me was one day I walked in and saw my watching my son on Zoom and all the a number of the boys on the call took a picture of themselves and put it as their virtual background on Zoom and then went off and just played games and the teachers sure. knew no other. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Rascals, they will be kind of smart, actually. But you mm-hmm. can imagine the disappointment as a parent. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, and then, so there was that. And then I said to my husband one day, I said, you know, have you ever considered how much it costs to live in this house every day with, with everything that's entailed, electricity, pool, gardener, no, 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 no. And do you know how much we could rent this house per day for to people leaving San Francisco, trying to get out of there and come here? And do you know how much that we can live somewhere else, uh, uh, less expensively. And then the quest began. We've been to Costa Rica many times as I've been on a project to teach my children Spanish as well, since they were quite young. So um, uh, Costa Rica was a natural fit. Sure. But you couldn't have done that without having passive income from real estate, right? Could not. No. So he quit his job. Um, we both left the field and put everything on autopilot. And part of that, a big chunk of it is our single family home. We'd lived there 10 years. Um, so we had quite a bit of equity and the rents in that area had risen. We're real estate people, of course. So we buy the worst house in the best area, which is a great strategy. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to rent it out, you're in a good area with a fixed up house. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we have that. And that is a big part of our passive income. Uh, we have stole my building in San Francisco, which was my house hack. That's on autopilot. And then unknown to many is when you put your primary residence as a rental, all the repairs leading up to that, up to to even a year beforehand, you need a new kitchen, you need a new bathroom. Ladies, you want a new kitchen? Here's your ticket out. All of that is tax deductible because it's in preparation to put your house as a rental. So... Um, it was many months of, you know, putting in a couple new bathrooms, we thought, to get the maximum rental income. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, this, Anthony, is just kind of stitched together, which is why I love talking about this, because it, it wasn't a portrait of our great brilliance and, and being in this business for so long. It's many things stitched together. Our primary residence, our, our house hack in San Francisco, and, um, and my passive income investments in multifamily. Uh, our hotel conversion, which is still humming along, and many other deals I'm looking at to continue to build um, this passive income stream. We're about 80% there as a family, still making up the 20%, which is great, right? Who, who wants to talk to everybody who has it all figured out? This mm-hmm. is, we're on this journey together. Yeah, and you probably cut your cost of living in half, so that helps as well. That's another thing is something to consider, and you can absolutely do that. For us, we sort of take our tastes wherever we go. Uh, so we're in a boutique area that isn't as 
inexpensive as we had hoped, mm-hmm. not to mention um, many of these areas, they're dealing with housing crisis like Hawaii, Lake Tahoe, um, you know, Costa Rica, because many expats like ourselves had the same idea. Yeah, absolutely. We, we take the show abroad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Becca, how can people find out about you, reach out to you, connect with you? Oh, you bet. Well, you can reach me at uh, Becca at hintinvestments.com. That's investments with an S. Um, I do have a, um, a free guide for your listeners. If you're a little easy read, if you're interested in ways to do this, um, it's called Six Steps to Put Your Income on Autopilot and Move Overseas. In this little guide, you'll have Uh, the best places to live in 2022 for expats, a little cost of living index and how to determine where to go, and a guide and how to look at your assets and stitch things together and and put it on autopilot. You can find that at www.hintinvestments.com, investments with an S.com, or just email me at Beckett Hint Investments. But I'd love to talk to anybody and how to do this and help you along with your journey and, and be your guide in this process. I, we're, we're, I believe in this lifestyle and, and I believe many others can do this as well. And it's not as hard as you think. So feel free to reach out anybody. Absolutely. So thank you for coming on the show and we'll have a link to uh, Becca's uh, social media platforms as well as her uh, website. She just mentioned in our social media descriptions and also on iTunes. And if you liked what you heard, and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. That would really be appreciated. It helps our message get out to a greater audience. So thank you for coming on, Becca, and hope to talk to you soon. Hope to talk to you soon, Anthony. Thank you for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed our time. Thank you.